Welcome to the Optimum Strategic Communications Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Jason Loveridge, CEO of 4SCAG, to discuss the company, um, their product, and aspirations for the future. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Eva. Pleasure. If we can just perhaps start off, you're focused on oncology and in particular on uh, cutaneous T-cell lymphoma, uh, which for the sake of brevity, I'm going to refer to as CTCL. Can you just talk a little bit about the condition or, or disease in general, just to give us a bit of background, and then how important it is to find a maintenance therapy for it? Yeah, sure. So maybe I'll just answer them in, in unison, if you like. There is a really a lack of effective treatments that are currently available to CTCL patients, and it's really critical to find better therapies. And I think the Resmain data that we published recently has demonstrated for the first time the value of having an effective drug to treat CTCL patients with advanced disease in the maintenance setting. So to explain a little more detail about CTCL, CTCL is a group, a heterogeneous group of cutaneous T-cell lymphomas that derived from anod Hodgkin's lymphomas and are primarily localized to the skin. And this is one of the most common forms of T-cell lymphoma. Unfortunately, the cause of the disease is not known. And patients with early stage disease can be effectively treated with skin-directed therapies. But as the disease progresses, systemic therapy becomes necessary. So finding new and effective therapies for CTCL is important because median overall survival for advanced stage patients is still less than five years. And progression-free survival, time to next treatment, can often be only a few months. So clinicians run out of treatment options for patients relatively quickly. In addition, since complete remissions are very uncommon in advanced stage CTCL, switching to an alternative treatment for maintenance, so not used as an induction therapy, is a very important option for clinicians and patients because of its potential to meaningfully prolong progression-free survival. Wonderful. Your product's obviously called B, which is an HDAC inhibitor. Um, and you've also, I think, recently been granted orphan drug designation, certainly in, in Europe. US as well. Yes, I thought so. With what that implies in terms of being a, a smaller market, how did you find the right patients for the phase two trial? And how did the, um, the sort of history of looking at Kinselby in maintenance actually sort of arise? So maintenance therapy is very common option in a lot of lymphomas, and it was proposed in the early 2000s by a lot of CTCL clinicians that having a maintenance option would be hugely beneficial in this patient population. And I think the difficulty was really demonstrating that in terms of a, a robust clinical study. And that's where the origins of Resmain came about from Forrest's discussion with some of the key COLs in the space, such as Professor Stadler or Professor Scarisbrick. And Resmain, we decided, should be a large study and it should be a real-world study or a real-world population study. So in the end, we recruited more than 200 patients, which I think is the second largest study ever conducted globally in CTCL. 
And the trial population was designed to really represent the patients that clinicians saw day to day in in their clinics, patients with advanced stage CTCL, so patients that had not been selected in any sort of artificial or arbitrary way. And to do that, we needed 55 centres across 12 countries. We went to 50 different centres across 11 European countries and to five different centres in Japan. And importantly, we included all of the key centres across Europe and Japan where patients are referred to specialist clinicians with a deep understanding of the disease and, and how to treat that. I know you presented it at a, a, a medical conference. Can you perhaps take us through the, the key findings um, from the Resmain study and, and why they're so significant for the CTCL population? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe just to recap a little bit about the trial design so that um, people can understand the or put into context the data. So we recruited uh, patients from the two main types or the two types of CTCL, which include mycosis fungoides and Cesare syndrome, and patients that had achieved at least stable disease on one prior systemic therapy. It was a randomized placebo-controlled study, and patients were randomized one-to-one between resministat, which is an orally available drug, and in this study, and, and it will be given in the same way in clinical practice, patients were treated for five days and then they had a nine-day holiday before the cycle started again. Placebo-controlled, and those patients that did progress in the placebo arm were able to get drug in a rollover arm, which is still currently ongoing, where we have 72 patients in total from the placebo arm who are now in a, in a rollover arm receiving resministat. The study took a long time to recruit because of a lot to do with the COVID pandemic, which occurred in the middle of the, of the recruiting period. And the data we reported at uh, a recent scientific conference in Europe. So as I said before, Resmain, it's a a large randomized controlled clinical study. And the primary endpoint was really to demonstrate an improvement in progression-free survival in advanced CTCL patients. And Resministat, or as we now call it, Kinselby, was able to do that. It improved uh, medium progression-free survival to 8.3 versus 4.2 months in the placebo arm. And and this had a hazard ratio of of close to 0.6, which is really excellent for an oncology study. And the data was was highly significant. Another important endpoint that we assessed in the Resmain study was the time to next treatment. And this is important both from clinician point of view as well as the patient's point of view. And here the medium Time to next treatment was 8.8 months versus 4.2 months in the placebo. So more than doubling the time to next treatment. And again, a hazard ratio under 0.6 in this case and highly significant. We also looked at the clinical or or the total PFS, so the total time which included the debulking treatment and which patients were free from progression 
And here the median total progression-free survival time was more than two years, uh, which is really, really a long time in, in the life of a CTCL patient when you consider that median survival in this population is under five years. So these, I think, are the key efficacy endpoints that were assessed and met during the ResMain study. And I think the other point to highlight was the safety aspects. So there were no patient deaths during the study. There were a very, very small number of severe side effects, what we call grade three and grade four. The majority of side effects were the lower grades, what we call grade one and grade two. And these were predominantly uh, GI-related, nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. And importantly, all of these side effects were mild to moderate. They are all reversible and manageable, meaning that for the five days that the patient was taking drug, uh, they may have experienced some side effects, and these all resolved themselves in the nine-day holiday before the trial began again. So I think these are the, the key results. Most importantly, the delay or the improvement in progression-free survival being key for patients with advanced stage CTCL. Thank you. Um, So you've obviously had a really busy couple of years and you're now preparing the marketing authorization for Kinselby in in Europe. Can you take us through the next steps in lead up to submission and, and perhaps some indication of timing? Sure. So maybe we can deal with this in two parts. Um, The first part being regulatory-based and and the second part being more focused on product launch. So initially looking at it from a regulatory point of view, as you say, we're currently preparing the marketing authorization application, this so-called MAA, for the European Union. And we're on track to submit that to the European Medicines Agency in the first quarter of 2024. The body of this submission will form the basis for subsequent submissions in the UK to the MHRA and in Switzerland to Swiss Medic. And these we expect to take place in the second quarter of 2024, so just slightly delayed from the EMA submission. We're also preparing a pre-NDA submission to the US FDA in order to better understand the registration requirements in the US. As you know, the Resmain study was focused on the EU. And now we'll take the data that we have from Resmain and submit that to the United States uh, FDA and seek a better understanding of how we might progress registration there. So the MAA, it's a very large document, or to be more accurate, a, a collection of documents. So between now and the first quarter of next year, We're very much focused on assembling all of the information that the EMA will require in order to examine our MAA. We will meet with representatives of the EMA to discuss the content of the MAA, uh, the approach that we're taking, and the positioning of Kinselby within this particular patient population. Then from a product launch point of view, We're also examining the potential for early access for patients prior to approval of the drug in the EU in order to prepare the market for product launch, to build a real-world data set for uh, supporting of reimbursement. And also, given that the drug does provide a substantial benefit to patients, 
to allow patients to access the drug and to be treated with Kinselby prior to approval. In addition, we're also doing a, a lot of market research with both payers and with health technology assessment groups to better define and support pricing in the different European jurisdictions. Wonderful. You've kind of already answered this in some ways with some of the prior questions, but um, how do you see the market for CTCL drugs developing in the next 10 years and, and how can Selby fits in going forward, I guess, a little bit with a view to potential competitors, if, if there are any? Sure. So based on what's in development or currently before regulators, I think it's highly likely that Conselby will be the only new drug on the market over the next 10 years for late stage CTCL patients. So from that point of view, it's relatively strong position from a competitive angle. And given that we will be the only drug uh, licensed in the maintenance setting within this patient group, I think we have a, a unique competitive position. At present, there is a, a diverse range of therapeutic options, but as none of these offer a cure, and in practice all are used in varying sequences by clinicians, and the fact that patients still experience progression, sometimes very rapidly, we would believe that Conselby will be rapidly adopted by the clinical community in, in CTCL. It will be used initially in second line or later in cases where a patient has been seen to progress or where disease has been halted through the use of another currently available therapy. As long as patients are experiencing at least stable disease, then they're able to receive resministat. Initially, we would expect Kinselby to be used in patients with poor prognosis, such as those with large cell transformations, or to delay the use of more toxic treatments, such as chemotherapy. But given the very good safety profile and the broad benefit demonstrated by Kinselby across almost all subgroups in the ResMain study, we would expect over time to see Kinselby used in almost all advanced stage CTCL patients. And obviously, you're, you're rather unusual in, in terms of biotech companies in, in terms of having a late stage product. What is your strategy going forward with the drug? Are you looking to partner or, or how is your thinking shaping up there? Yeah, at the moment, we're actively evaluating a number of different options for the commercialization of Kinselby. I think these range from at one end selling the drug or the entire company to a bigger group who would undertake the commercialization process, right through to sort of taking the drug through the approval process ourselves and onto the market and, and possibly even the initial marketing given the strength that we have in terms of understanding where the patients are and the clinical centers that treat those patients. Hopefully Conselby will be on the market in early 2025 if regulators accept our, our submission. So we would aim to be clear on our approach vis-a-vis -vis commercialization in the very early part of 2024. Are you looking for whole global rights to be partnered or, or regionally? I believe the drugs are already partnered in Japan. Is that right? Yeah, so Forestry retains the rights to all geographies except for Japan, where Yakult Honsha 
is the the licensee and collaboration partner for that geography and they're responsible for the regulatory submissions as well as the commercialization of the drug in Japan. We hope to be able to clarify the position with respect to the regulatory requirements in the US early in 2024, which will help us think about what's the right strategy. And I think if we were to sell the asset or to sell the company, obviously that that includes all of the rights and and all of the commercial benefits that would come through the Yakult Honsha relationship. But we also looking at potentially, for example, you you might keep the European jurisdictions uh, for commercialization by Forestsea and then partner for the US, for example. But I think at the moment, this is still a very sort of undefined question. And I think we, we just wait to see where we get to with respect to US FDA before deciding on what's the right approach from a global point of view. Wonderful. Well, I'll uh, continue to watch your progress to get what's a much, much needed drug to patients with a great deal of interest. Congratulations on the success to date. And um, thank you very much for your time today. Much appreciated. Thanks, Eva. Wish you all the best. Thank you.